Hello, my friend. Welcome to the One Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Snow, and I'm so grateful to have you here. In this episode, we're going to talk about what the difference is between duality and non-duality. I like to think of duality as similar to polarity. It's living in a black and white experience of life. Non-duality is learning to close the gap between polarities to achieve wholeness. If we desire to live with one heart, this is an important concept to understand. Before we begin, I invite you to join me in a short three breath meditation to settle into your own heart. Breathing in, bringing awareness back to your body and descend down to your heart. Breathing in, opening your heart and exhale, opening just a little more. Breathing in and allow yourself to access the love that is always within you. Saying to yourself, I love and accept you. Okay, duality versus non-duality. I had never actually heard of these words until about six years ago. I wrote a book that was published in 2018 called Living in Your True Identity. The premise of the book was all about how we have two identities. One is true and one is false. And I had this woman reach out to me at least three times asking to interview me for her podcast to talk about my book. But when I visited her website and I went to learn more about her podcast message, I could see that her message was all about non-duality. And I didn't even know what that word meant. (laughs) So I looked it up and I was really confused. Non-duality is a oneness of self and a oneness of all things. At the time, it felt like my worldview was exactly opposite. My book was all about the true self and the false self, yet non-duality seemed to contradict my book. (laughs) And I just remember thinking, I can't go on her podcast. I think I actually believe the opposite. I believed in the true self and the false self. Basically, I believed in a divided self. I saw the world in black and white. I believed in righteous and unrighteous people. I judged everything in the world as good or bad, true or false, light or dark, black or white. I saw everything in duality. Non-duality, this idea felt threatening to me and like it was out of control and messing with the very clear boundaries I had drawn for everything in the world. I feared this strange word and so I consistently did not respond to her invitations to be interviewed. I just ignored what I did not understand. Fast forward to today after I have spent significant time studying eastern religions and philosophies like Buddhism, Hinduism, 
yoga and meditation. And now I understand what non-duality means. And better yet, the fruit that can come from this perception and belief. I have now reframed how I personally think of the self. I no longer see the false self and the true self as dueling opposites or enemies. Instead, I see them as two selves that are meant to become one. I see the false self as the wounded or human parts of who we are. The self who needs healing and love to be restored to wholeness. In this regard, I see non-duality as my ultimate goal. Non-duality is to experience a wholeness of self that we've talked about in the last episode. This wholeness or non-duality applies not only internally to who I am, but it also applies to how I see others. I no longer want to see the world in duality either. Us versus them, righteous and the unrighteous, saved and not saved, politically left or politically right, pro or anti anything, right thinking or wrong thinking. This is duality. This is division. Oneness is this beautiful space that exists in the middle of the opposites. It is the healing that joins two separated parts together. Oneness is the central theme that runs through Eastern teachings, as well as the message of Jesus Christ. In fact, during the final moments of Jesus's life, as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, the biblical text says that he prayed to God for people to be one even as he was one with his father. This oneness or non-duality is also reflected in the Lord's prayer. When Jesus prays for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. Some religions call this Zion. Others call this the new earth. It is a place where people live with one heart. They are one. We begin to create a new earth by finding this oneness first within ourselves. Can I create unity with the two selves inside of me? Both my humanness and my divinity, my true self and my ego. Can I be of one heart and one mind within myself? For most of my life, I saw the human part of who I am as the part of me I was meant to overcome. It was the enemy I needed to be saved from. I recently heard Father Richard Rohr speak, and he clarified that the word salvation actually means healing. He said, unfortunately, Christians have interpreted this word to mean winning like we have won or achieved a great reward of making it to heaven. But the true meaning of salvation is healing. Oh, I find this incredibly beautiful and expansive. How does that feel to you to think of salvation to mean healing? What does that feel like? He also went on to say that salvation is collective, not just individual. 
too often in this Western Christianity lens, there is a limited and narrow view of salvation to mean winning. And the focus is on how people can personally achieve salvation, not understanding that this whole idea of non-duality means that I need to first find healing and oneness inside of me and then healing and oneness on the outside of me. I need to be one within myself and one with the rest of humanity. In this sense, salvation or healing becomes a collective healing experience as well as an individual one. The healing or salvation of our souls actually doesn't exclude anyone or anything. Rather, it includes. Talk about a paradigm shift of how I personally have always viewed salvation. But how does one heal and experience this wholeness? We have to learn how to create unity after all this division has occurred. It's important to realize that division is part of the process of learning and growth. The joy of healing comes because we have had the experience of first being divided. Division is part of the journey. I think it's really interesting to look at the biblical creation story and what it says about division. The text says that God spends the first several days of creation in division. On day one, God divides the light from the darkness. On day two, God divides the heavens from the earth. On day three, God divides the water from the dry land. And then after this division occurs, there comes phases of dominion and ruling. Day four, God creates the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. On day five and six, God creates the fishes and fowls and animals and commands Adam to have dominion over them, to rule over them. So after all this division and ruling over, I love what happens next. The text says that God then creates the woman and commands Adam and Eve to be one. Now we have union. And then we read on day seven that God rests and has a Sabbath. And many people throughout the world honor this day of rest as a day of communion with God and each other. So can you see these different phases in the creation process? The whole process of creation goes through the cycle of division, ruling and dominion, to finally a state of restful union. I see the same cycle as a collective throughout history. Currently as a collective, we are very much at a point of countless divisions of race, religion, politics, nationalities, and beyond. We are at a point of feeling the oppression brought on by ruling and dominions in many forms. Government, patriarchy, religion, media, corporations, just to name a few. And now we face the next part of the cycle. 
which requires the emergence of the feminine and a union of all things. When we transition to this union collectively, we will then experience a time of rest, a time where we live in communion with God and one another. This will be an experience of a new earth, a culmination of the creation of humanity. I also see this same creation pattern on a micro level as an individual. I can look back on my own life experience and I can see countless moments I have divided myself inside. How do I do that? I've labeled and judged myself into many different divided parts. I see my strengths and my weaknesses, the good parts of me and the bad parts of me, my mistakes and my achievements. I see the division of my true beliefs and my false beliefs. So what have I personally done with all this internal division? Well, I have consequently strived to have dominion over myself. I've often let my mind rule instead of my heart. I've tried to have dominion over my feelings, judging them as good or bad and suppressing the supposedly bad thoughts and feelings in order to conquer them and rule over them. And now, what do I desperately want and need? Union. Oh, blessed union. I need the divine feminine to rise within me to offer the healing and nurturing my soul desperately needs. I crave the unity of taking all my divided parts of myself and healing them into wholeness. Doing so delivers me to a place of rest and communion. This concept of non-duality is not as scary as I used to think. I can understand why I was afraid of the idea before, because I was deep into that ruling over phase. I was deep into thinking, if I just try hard enough, if I just perfect myself a little more, I will conquer the human woman inside me and cast her away. I will strive to let my divine self win out. I couldn't yet see that the way to salvation wasn't by eliminating or ruling over the parts I didn't want to exist. It was by loving them into healing and becoming whole. This same process exists on a collective level. Here too, it's not about excluding people or ruling over them. It's about loving them into healing including them and becoming of one heart and one mind. All of these stages serve a purpose. Division serves a purpose. Ruling over serves a purpose. And it is all in preparation to create unity. A unity in which all people are fully sovereign and no longer ruled over. And remember, when people are at one within themselves, it is a safe space to finally let go of the ruling structures because you are no longer divided. You're not divided internally 
or externally. The ego self and the true self have healed and become one. Love is what guides now, not fear. The collective only gets to this point after individuals, one by one, venture there for themselves. This takes courage. These people are willing to pioneer the way for the rest of the collective who haven't progressed there yet. It requires faith, and it is a major disruption to deeply ingrained patterns to begin operating in love and unity when the external world does not yet reflect this. But it is worth it. This is the ultimate awakening happening across the world right now. One by one, as people wake up to who they really are, and it's leading somewhere amazing. So to the lovely person who invited me on her podcast to talk about non-duality way back in the day, whoever you are, I am sorry it took me five years to figure this out, but I'm finally starting to get it, and now I'm ready to talk about it. I admit that coming to this understanding has required me to unlearn things, 40 years of dividing myself into good parts and bad parts, and 40 years of striving to rule over myself, that doesn't disappear overnight. I've spent my whole life viewing the world and salvation through the lens of duality. Changing this perception has been a process of letting go of patterns and ways of thinking that are so powerfully ingrained. I've had to let go of being ruled over and claim my sovereignty repeatedly. But the moments when I get a taste of this union and freedom are so profoundly expansive. This, my friends, is the next phase of creation. You can be one inside yourself. We can be one as a people. We can move beyond the division and ruling. We can enter the stage of union. This requires healing of the greatest kind. The at-one-ment is ultimately about bringing us to non-duality. We are healed into a unity of self and a unity as a people. This is how we build a new earth, a people of one heart. If we turn once more to the biblical creation story, we see an emphasis in the Garden of Eden on two different trees. First, we have the tree of life, and then we have the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree of knowledge of good and evil is essentially the tree of duality. As you partake of the fruit of this tree, you enter a world of opposites. You enter the world of polarity. It is black and white. It is the reality in which you learn judgment. Partaking of the fruit of this tree of knowledge is essential for our journey. We learn through our experience how to judge. But let us not forget the other tree the tree of life. This tree 
is the tree of non-duality. It is the tree that represents the love of God. It is the tree of oneness and unity. And it is the next part of the journey. For after you learn black and white judgment and how to divide everything into parts, you must then learn how to put it all back together again. We must learn how to become one again. This is at one mint, which was the central message of Jesus. You bring things into wholeness only through love. Love is not divided. Love is whole. We can find the same journey in our own physiology inside our bodies. When we live from a place of judgment, we are living in the mind. The brain is an organ that is divided. You have a right hemisphere of your brain and you have a left hemisphere of your brain. When you live in the mind, you live in duality. You see the world in black and white. You become an expert at judgment. Eventually, our spiritual journey invites us to ascend by descending. We descend to the heart. We must learn to be led by our heart instead of a mind that is divided. Now, it's interesting to note that the organ of the heart is one. It is not divided. It is whole. There are some spiritual teachers who believe as we become more and more heart-centered as a people, that the human race will eventually evolve and the two divided parts of the brain will begin to merge into one, similar to the caterpillar metamorphosis into a butterfly. I love this thought. This creates a person who is of one heart and one mind. A mind that is unified because it has learned how to fully love. Richard Rudd recently said that in the future world to come, it is not going to be a story of the survival of the fittest, but rather the survival of the kindest. The new earth we are moving towards is a world of oneness. It may not seem like it right now, <laughs> but if humanity continues down the path of judgment and division, it will inevitably self-destruct. The tree of knowledge of good and evil included the promise of death. If you stay in the world of duality and judgment, you will surely die. You've probably already experienced this. When you are only living in judgment, your relationships die. Your health dies. Our communities die. Healing only comes through wholeness. It is the survival of the kindest. It is a world where we move beyond being ruled by judgment and enter a sovereign world where we free ourselves through love. We become one. This at one moment gives us access to the tree of life. We overcome death through the love of God. My dear friend, 
Are you ready to partake of the tree of life? If so, I invite you to live from the heart. One heart. Continue with me on the journey of this podcast as we learn together how to live with one heart. Let us be whole beings and grow our ability to love. To conclude, I invite you into a one heart contemplation. What is one thing in your life you are seeing in division, in judgment? What happens if you descend to your heart and you see through the lens of love instead? Does it look any different? May you be peaceful. May you be at one with yourself. May you be one heart. Namaste. Thank you, friend, for joining me in this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would mean so much if you would take the time to rate, review, and subscribe. This is a brand new podcast, and this does so much for helping this podcast to grow and reach more people. As a thank you, I have also created a free I Love and Accept You meditation that you can use to practice living with one heart. It's available on the CoCreate app. Simply download the CoCreate app from the App Store, and it is waiting for you in the free meditations. You can find a link to Apple or Google App Store's in the show notes of this episode. You are love. Namaste.